Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number, 973-667-1960. Again, it's 973-667-1960. You can also reach us a couple different ways. If you want to submit your questions, you can go to Giants.com slash podcast slash BBK questions. Send in your questions there or hashtag Giants chat or you can hit us up individually on Twitter. You know the names at Jay Fiegels, at Schmelk, and also at Lance Meadow and at, at Giants WFAN. We are live once again. Just a reminder, too, if you're calling in, folks, to that new number. Uh, we don't have a call screener, so I'm just going to say, caller, you're on the air, ask you your name and where you're calling from. That means you're on. Uh, you're just going to go right on to the show. So that's how it's going to work. And if you're getting a busy, busy signal, that's fine. Just keep trying. We only have one line during this quarantine period. So um, as we work through the callers, the line will open up, and we can have that um, discussion with you as the line opens up. Mr. Fiegels, how are mm. you, sir? Even the lines are quarantining. There's only one line, right? So Yes. Well, you know, sadly, <laughs> I do not have a phone bank in my basement. I, have... I know. I know. Well, <laughs> we're all excited about hopefully one day getting back to where we can have multiple calls and have them on hold and go from there. But, John, I am doing good. I feel like it's been forever. Um, over the long Memorial Day weekend and having Friday off last week and Monday off, it seems like I haven't been back on Big Blue for a while. But here we are today on a great Wednesday and lots to talk about. Thank you. How was your Memorial Day weekend? What you did? You get play a little golf? I did play some golf um, now that it's opened up to foursome. So I got a little bit of golf in. But, you know, Saturday was a rain out. Um, and so I actually didn't play and I hadn't planned on playing Saturday. So that was good. So all those people that got washed out, I was working. I was actually showing some houses. And then uh, Sunday, I actually got out in the evening. And then on Monday, we just kind of hung around and I uh, took my boys out to play golf, so that was a good thing. Very so. good. I did some grilling on s Sunday. I figured if I'm doing it, so mm -hmm. I kind of like grilled like so much food, so I have leftovers for like the whole week, and oh, I just kind of yeah. put it in the fridge. So <clears throat> that's kind of yeah. taking care of a lot of my meals. Probably through Thursday, that'll handle it. So well, that was your good. house, your household would be able to have leftover meals for days upon days. Not here, not here, John. Not with four boys in the house. No food gets. Nothing makes it through to the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth. I swear. I try to cook as much, like you said, try to put a lot of stuff together and get it ready for, you know, some days going forward. And my wife and I, when the kids weren't here, we could do that. But now, I mean, I made eight, I made nine burgers the other night for four of us. All okay? gone? All gone by the next morning. Who ate three? Uh, probably Zach. <laughs> yeah. The big boy, the youngest of them, the one that's working out and running and doing all his rucker stuff. He's a hungry boy. So it wasn't me, John. I know that's what you were insinuating, right? I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. <laughs> I would never insinuate such a thing. I, I still thought it was hilarious how affronted you are when Paul Dottino suggested you would eat a muffin for breakfast a couple days ago. Oh, my God, please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Listen, first of all, I wouldn't eat just a muffin, and I wouldn't eat a muffin. It was just a lot more than that. So, yeah. A anyway, okay. Uh, let's get down to business here. Uh, Jeff, not a whole lot of news right now, um, but we are going to have some news tomorrow because you're going to have the virtual owner meeting. Meetings, mm. And we're going to get some votes on some potential rule changes here. So yeah. uh, Paul and Lance touched on these a little bit on the end at the end of yesterday's show. They got a call about it, but I thought mm -hmm. I would kind of bring it up with you and get your take on what some of these rule proposals are. And the big one has to do with special teams. So I thought it was really a, a good one uh, to talk about with you. And I'll start there. Um, basically, this is from... The Philadelphia Eagles yep. uh, to provide and all they have ones that the competition committee um, recommended, by the way, and then some that get recommended by teams. This one is from the Eagles to amend uh, the, the kickoff rule and the onside kick rule where instead of doing an onside kick, a team could go for it on a fourth and 15 from their own 25-yard line. And it's not in the official NFL operations um, sheet that I'm looking at here. But mm -hmm. my understanding, Jeff, is that you can only do that twice over the course of the game. That's right. More details came <clears throat> out today. It would be an untimed down, mm -hmm. and it could not be done in overtime. It would only be a um, something that okay. could be done during regulation. So your thoughts on those rules, my friend. Well, I, I was doing a little research uh, when we knew we were going to be talking about some of this, these rules, and I know that they've changed this in, as of late. You know, So there was, there was definitely some talking about this. Um, and, so, and the one thing that stuck out for me was the word alternative. 
So the alternative is you can, it's not a matter of you, you have to do this. You can, you can still do the onside kick, which by the way, um, I saw a statistic. There was only six of them recovered last year or eight, something like that. Very low percentage. Um, but you know, if you want to do this, you can do, you have the alternative. You can either do this or you can, or you can do the kickoff. Um, but and by the I, way, just for the record, they did put out official a new official wording today, oh, and today? it can only be used twice. Well, this is something that Tom Tom Pelissero tweeted out. Okay, so I think this got leaked to him through ownership somewhere. I'm actually looking at that same tweet right here. Yes, yeah. can only okay. be used twice in regulation. Uh, cannot be used in overtime. Uh, fourth and fifteen, untimed down. Um, here's another one. If either a kickoff or offensive team will let kickoff alternative or the kickoff return or defensive team commits a foul during the score or try that would normally bridge to the kickoff. And that means, you know, on the basically kind of like a uh, celebration penalty after a mm-hmm. touchdown, something like that. Um, where I'm, I lost my spot. Commits a foul during the score or try that would normally bridge. It would be enforced from the 25. Sure. So if team A commits a foul <laughs> for taunting after the score... B could enforce the 15-yard penalty, um, which would be half the distance, and the new line of scrimmage would be the 13-yard line, and that's who they would try their fourth and 15, and they would move to the 40, for example, if the other team commits a 15-yard penalty. The play clock would be at 25, but it would be an untimed down. All normal play rules, penalty enforcement, supplying the kickoff play. If the offense converts it to first down, no matter where the dead ball spot is, the game clock begins on the next snap. Once the team elects the kickoff alternative and incurs a penalty on the mm-hmm. kickoff alternative scrimmage down, it may not change and elect to kick off. Yep. This is a big one. For example, mm-hmm. if it's 4th and 15, you commit a holding penalty, it's 4th and 25. You can't they say, oh, no, no now I want to kick off. You yep. still have to go for it on 4th and 25. And if A elects the kickoff alternative and is charged a team timeout before the referee signals ready to play, it can change its election and kickoff. So <laughs> those are the details of that rule. A lot of them. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I think a lot of people have, have talked about this. If you have, a, you, know, you have a quarterback that you trust that can make a play like this, it's an advantage. Um, but listen, I, I feel like at the percentage that these onside kicks happen and at the, the risk of injuries that the way they do, I mean, why not? Just go for it. I mean, you got a better chance. To, I, I, I like my chances better with Daniel Jones and, and Shepard and guys like that to be able than Saquon to convert 15 yards than the onside kick. I, I, I'm all for it. I think it's a great rule. Yes, I, I, I agree, Jeff. And Paul and Lance were both against it when they talked about it yesterday. I think why? it's a good rule. But why I were they against it? Well, Paul's a traditionalist. You know that. Of course. And that was my one thing I was going to say. Paul doesn't want to change anything in the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I, – and, and, and I get that. I really do. And some people are like that. I'm a lot like that. But I also – I don't fear change. Yeah, I'm not. I, I couldn't. I, I didn't quite understand why Lance didn't like it. And and then the other thing too is, you know, it's coming down. The kickoff is going to get changed sooner or later, like they did at the XFL. By the way, I like those XFL rules. I wasn't it's, that familiar with them. Paul mentioned them on yesterday's show, and I looked them up. I thought they were interesting. They're they're very well thought out, um, and it gave the NFL kind of a. You know, kind of a trial period to see if it if it had any merit to any of it. And for so, the folks that don't know, by the way, you have to kick it off between like the te- what the the ten and thirty yard line or the the goal line and the thirty you're yard penalized line. Penalized for a, you're penalized for a touchback. If you touch back, I think they get it at the thirty or forty, something like that. So they basically try to force kickoffs to be in play, but they also change where the players are positioned That's to right. avoid some of the excess contact. That's right. And, and, and people are probably sitting there going, well, wait a sec, I don't get this. The NFL always, they don't want contact on a kickoff, so why would there be a touchback penalty? But you hit the nail on the head. They're, they're only get, they're, the team, the players are going to be, they're situated like 10 to 15 yards apart, and then when the, the kicker's way back at the whatever yard line, 35-yard line. And so, <laughs> you know, he kicks it, and, and nobody can leave until the, this is the XFL. Now, the returner caught it. And then once the returner caught it, then everybody went. And there was only one touchdown in the XFL, however many weeks they played, um, scored on that type of play. Now, All the rest of them were, were you know, tackled. Yeah, so. just for the record, um, we had some disagreement on the numbers yesterday. Uh, the rule changes that made the onside kick very difficult 
by not allowing the kickoff team a running start for one and also not being able to position more than half your players on one side of the field. That's right. It's yep. really made onside kicks more difficult. So before those rules were implemented in 2017, there was a 22% or 21.7% recovery rate, right? Well, okay. And so yep. that was before the rule got changed. And, you know, one out of five, I think that's fair. That's okay. In 2018, the recovery rate was just 7.5%, four mm-hmm. of 53. And then in 2019, it was went up to 12%, 7 out of 56, but that's just because of the Falcons kicker who had like three or four of them and kind of figured out a trick uh, to make it happen. And just for the record, 4th and 15 in 2019, teams converted 28% of those. Okay. And in from 2015 to 2019, it was a 24% clip. Well, so it, it, it'll put it more in line with what traditionally the onside kick used to be. And also, I don't know if you mentioned this, John, um, the onside kick does not have to happen from the team that's losing. Correct. Oh, yeah. You could do it at any time with any score. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, I don't know why you would do it, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, to I me, mean, Jeff, I'm with you, though. I think at the end of the game, you know, we've seen too many situations where it's just as impossible for a team to make a late comeback because they yeah. have to recover that onside kick, and it's become really just so hard to do. But I also I, I like the metrics of this. I like the way that the number has gone up a little. I mean, it went from 12% last year to 28% on 4th and 15. So, you know, those numbers there give me a little bit of excitement because I'd rather – it that tells you you got a chance. you got basically a 1 in 4 chance of getting this where before you didn't. And I also feel they can be creative. Defenses can get creative, and offenses are going to have to get creative to get that 15 yards. Well, it's funny, and you talk about practice, Jeff, and you know fans probably don't realize this Ooh. because they're not there. Yeah. You know, teams practice situations, right? Yeah. They practice third downs. They practice, mm-hmm. you know, two point conversions. They practice third and Everything. fourth and short. Well, you know what they're going to do now? They're going to have as part of practice mm-hmm. where all they do is practice fourth and 15. Absolutely, they got to run, you know, three or four of those plays a game, a day. And if they do it three times a week, they're going to get, three, you know, twelve plays or ten, whatever, nine plays a game. Here's the other one, John. How about this? How many times have you seen? Check this out: a kickoff, an onside kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah. Not very often, right? But how many? How many times have we see this rule uh, uh, agreed upon and it actually is actually has, is implemented and teams do it? There's a chance. A good chance, not a, I mean, not a great chance, but there's a chance that maybe this fourth and 15 onside kick could turn into that team is behind, could actually turn into the winning touchdown. Yeah. You never know. And I'll tell you what, Jeff, these teams are going to be so desperate. If they're behind and there's very little time left, and if they don't convert this, the game's over. Mm-hmm. You're going to see, you know, quarterbacks holding the ball, running around. There could be like safeties yeah. and interceptions. And that's and where the Patrick Mahomes of the world come in as an advantage, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. The other one is you got to, you got to look out for that that pass interference call. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's another another element that comes into this play. Yeah, because when in doubt, they're just going to chuck it down the field. Like, no question. It, 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 Which, by the way, those guys win in doubt. That's what they do anyway, well. right? I mean, <laughs> it's it's. But listen, all the, everybody must understand that these rules are just not you know picked out of a hat. They're they're very well studied, um, and this is how the NFL makes the game how good it is by some rules now. There's some stupid rules that are going to get changed because people come up with ideas that we think would be good, and then all of a sudden they don't. They just they don't do anything. They 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 become they become obsolete. Like, are you kidding me? Why did we put this rule in? It's the stupidest thing we've ever seen, because all of a sudden it just doesn't work out the way people want it to work out. All right, now we got a couple other rules, Jeff. Unless there's something else on the onside kick you want to touch on. No, I don't. I I know that there was another one on the kickoff and punt return one you want to mention, right? Yeah, let's do that right now. So basically you give uh, defenseless player protection to a kickoff or punt returner who has the ball but has not had time to avoid or ward off impending contact. That basically, folks, is that bang-bang play. The punt returner does not call a fair catch, and the minute he catches it, he gets lit up. Well, now you cannot hit that player in the head. That will be considered a defenseless player. So all those rules then apply to a defenseless player. And I think it's important that you that you did mention it's it's helmet to helmet, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can still tackle the guy and blow right. him up, but you you better be a good hit. That's yep. what they're saying. Yeah, I think it's I think it's any contact above the shoulder, so forearm would would be illegal there too. But as long as you target the guy in the chest and you don't, you know, leave yeah. with your helmet, it's got to be, be a okay. legal hit. Correct. And it's got to be well, first of all, on a punt return, you got you have the halo, right? You got to you got to give him a certain amount of yards to catch the football anyways. I think it's 2 or 3 yards. So, the, but that can't happen a bang bang play. The guy catches it, the guy's three yards yep. away from you, and then he's going to level you. But it better be a legal hit. 
Yes. Now there are some other things that aren't quite as big. Uh, that was a competition committee one, by the way. So that one's yep, probably two of those. Right? So that one's probably going to get passed. The other competition committee suggestion was to prevent teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball <laughs> fouls while the this clock is, is running. Yeah, this is the, the Bel- pay- <laughs> this, yeah, You got it. You say it. Yeah, it was the Belichick and the uh, what's the dude? The other guys. They, 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 it was hilarious. Um, uh, was it Vrabel? Vrabel, Vrabel How he did turned it, right? yeah. he turned the tide on his old coach by doing it yep. <laughs> last last year. And basically, what the teams would do be is the clock does not stop before five minutes on these penalties. They would just keep committing false starts on these punts, and they would let like a minute plus go off the clock <laughs> because they have a lead. So that yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That's something that's a hole in the rules that people find. You want to close those when you can. Um, the Eagles want to expand um, automatic replay by to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul. Because remember, unless there's an actual turnover or a touchdown is called on the field, those are not um, those are not automatically reviewed. So if a guy scores a touchdown, but there's an offensive pass interference on the play, that play is not automatically reviewed, right? Because it mm-hmm. wasn't technically a touchdown. This is a good change, and I think I, I think th- I think this change makes sense too. I'm with you on that. And I and I like the wording to make permanent the expansion of alternate yes. uh, of automatic replay. Now yeah, this is this is good. This is not right. a rule um, suggestion, by the way, Jeff. But they, we probably are going to get some clarity, I guess, in exactly what pass interference. Mm-hmm. replay will look like too at some point um i don't know um and so we'll see about that i imagine it's going to be reduced greatly <laughs> but yeah. i i don't, I don't know to, to what extent here's the other one that says in, that it makes up in this in the context of this rule or proposed rule change it's successful or unsuccessful pats which by the way um that's that's good because you know sometimes those the, there are longer field goals now those point after touchdowns right i yeah. mean so you this I, I like this because sometimes there are the two referees or, or umpires, whoever they are, they're looking at each other going, was it good? I don't know. Was it good? I don't know. Put your hands up. No, put them down. I don't know. <laughs> right. And if the ball goes above the goalpost, that's what that I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's, that's hard that, to review. But, absolutely. It's right. very difficult for a guy standing underneath right. the goalpost looking up to see if it actually went over the post if it's 10 feet above it. Yep. You know? All right. Three other ones very quickly, Jeff. This one was proposed by the Dolphins. Provide the option to the defense for the game clock to start on the referee's signal of the defense declines an offensive penalty that occurs late in either half. And this is what happens sometimes when there's an offensive holding penalty, which will stop the clock. Um, And obviously the defense, if there's a two-minute drill situation, wants the clock to run. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, mm-hmm. they don't want to accept it. They don't want to accept it. You know, they don't want to decline the penalty. And it becomes like a catch-22 situation here. Sure. So you're almost benefiting the offense by them committing a penalty and get, and getting the clock stopped, right? Right. So you want to take that out of the rules. This gives the defense then the option where if the offense commits that offensive holding penalty, if you accept it, you're not penalizing yourself by also stopping the clock. Correct. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's teams that, that manipulate this all the time. And if you're a defensive right. team that you're winning the game, um, you want that clock to run. Now, my example was bad, Jeff, because it's only if the defensive team declines a penalty. But even so, that'll get you to fourth down sometimes, but you want the clock to run. You don't want it to stop because Mm -hmm. you want the time to keep going because it's the end of the game. The other team might be trailing. So same same type of deal. But again, this is just one of those deals where you're not going to benefit the offense by stopping the clock by them committing a penalty. Yep. I like it. All right, two other rules very quickly. The Ravens and the Los Angeles Chargers, um, they want to add basically a sky judge as an eighth official to the officiating crew um, up in the booth. Uh, From what I've read, some of the concerns here is them finding these sky judges to put up there that they think will do a good job with it because there just aren't a lot of officials out there. So many guys have retired over the years. Hmm. Um, So that's something to keep an eye on. I like the idea of a sky judge. I think it simplifies a lot of the issues, especially with the pass interference stuff. And sometimes, Jeff, if you're in that... If you're in that area up there in the press box, you can just see things with, with a bigger picture. You have the monitors in front of you, and it just makes things a little bit easier with the whole reviewing process. Elaborate a little bit on this because I want some clarification. So sure. the eighth official would be watching the game on a monitor, and if they saw a penalty, they would call it? I'm not exactly sure what the details are with that. They could probably automatically initiate reviews Okay, would, would, would be my bet. And maybe if there's an obvious thing with the guy stepping out of bounds or something like that, they could step in. The NFL operations list that I'm looking at here on their website, because it's the official NFL website now, mm-hmm. um, I do not have 
what the official wording would be on this 2020 rule, but it would basically add a sky judge that could assist the officials with reviews and stuff over the course of the game, like real time. If there's a obvious mistake out there on the field, like for example, I would bet if there's a sky judge, you know, they would be able to buzz down in that Rams Saints game and say that should have been um, a pass interference penalty on that play. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. It's another way of getting one other opinion from somebody that's maybe has seen the replay way before a, a, you know a live a live official has. You know what I'm saying? So they could be able to. I'm, I was just curious. Like it's, they're not going to be able to make calls by watching the play and watching the left guard and he's holding a player and the and the penalty wasn't called and that they run they they scream down or they buzz down to the official and say hey. You know, Hernandez, the left guard for the Giants, was holding on that last play. You need to throw a flag. Yeah, I don't have the details on that. I, ha- that, that... I would hate for that to happen. Okay. Because no, I, you? I don't know if that's a part of it or not. Because I it hope doesn't not say because, it here on the website. And I, I mean, I, I'm making this up, but I, I just don't know. But I, could you imagine if that's if that's what it is? I mean, this could be a this could be a penalty fest. Now, my guess is that it would just be egregious things. You know uh, what I okay. mean? Or or things that. Um, that the referees, you know, the guy scores a touchdown and the other team is yelling and screaming that he did step out of bounds. Um, and if it's a challengeable play, I don't know. But this, I, I, see, I see what the premise is here. I hope that's what it is. Yeah. And if it is, I think it's a good thing. Why not? I think other than having to pay the guy and what you said, finding the guy. It might be difficult. Yeah, it would be, the mechanics of that would be very important, and yeah. that is not something that's clear. That's something probably I imagine that they would then talk about and figure out later. Yeah. If they well, do you think it about it, there. John. That's another 16 referees that they have to find. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they they they'd have some of these older guys say, you know, we're you're going to take early retirement. We're going to put you upstairs. Or maybe they could pull some of the guys that recently retired, like the Terry McAuliffe's, the the mm-hmm. the, the Gene Yeah, if they wanted to do that. <laughs> sure. By the way, I don't think they do. Would you want to go leave TV if you're those guys? And go get the pressure of being a sky judge and probably make less money. No, well, thank th- you. There you go. They're they're going to be less money and they're not going to be as notorious. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you know? All I right. Mean. And then the final rule, Jeff. Uh, the Ravens and the Chargers again want to add a senior technology advisor to the referee to assist yeah, the officiating crew. I'm assuming that's probably for like the replay review and things like that to just help maybe with the clock, making sure the timing is right. They watch the clock. Again, this isn't clear exactly what that person would do, mm-hmm. but um, that is something else that's on there. It sounds pretty good, though. A senior technology advisor. <laughs> <laughs> not what a title. Not just a technology advisor. A senior yeah. technology advisor. Senior. Yes. So I wonder if you have to be over 55 to be a senior <laughs> technology advisor. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the, that vote's going to happen, I think, tomorrow when the NFL owners do their Virtual meetings. We'll mm-hmm. see what gets passed. I imagine that the two suggested by the competition committee will. I would bet that the one by the Dolphins, where the defense can choose to move the clock or not under the declined offensive penalty, I bet you that will pass. I'm curious to see if the onside kick rule passed because I like it. I think you like I it. I like too, it. So, but I was reading an article where John Mara had mentioned last year, what are we, the Arena Football League? Oh, is that <laughs> what he quote, said? Quote unquote. The pr- yeah. um, you know it, what the Jeff, if if the if the if the onside kick wasn't so difficult to do, I would be in, I wouldn't be in favor of it either, but it just it's so hard to do the onside kicks now. Yeah, and I I feel like the argument here is like, listen, let's give everybody everybody's going to have a chance to to use this play at some point in time in their season, most likely, right? So mm-hmm. why not have a 28% chance rather than a 12 or less? So I don't – and by the way, I guess when you bring up safety, any play in the National Football League is dangerous. You know what I'm saying? So even the 4th and 15th, somebody could get hurt on that play. But I feel like there's more of an excitement from a, from a uh, fan's perspective. The onside kick is like, oh – Darn. Oh, darn. The play? Oh, my God. What are they doing? They got seven receivers in the game. Oh, my God. What are they doing? There's going to be some excitement to it. So that's what I like about it. And I, again, I'm a, I'm a purist. I, I don't want to change the game of football, but I see at some point in time, these little things like this make sense to me. And, and by the way, they're on the special team side. They're not on the offense and defensive side. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's a look at the rules. Now let's take a look at the one other piece of news very quickly, Jeff. Let's do this fast because we're going to take calls. Charles Robinson, who's a great NFL reporter from Yahoo, put out a story that, you know, now that 
New Jersey and New York has, has given permission for teams to go back um, and do their training, um, they think maybe they might even be able to squeeze in mini camps for these teams. I think that's a little premature. And I, I still would be very hard-pressed to believe that's going to happen. They think California could be an issue there. And you still the thing that I look at, Jeff, you got to get these players to the destination safely through airports, and that's always going to be problematic. And my understanding, at least with what the NBA is planning for their return, is that you're going to have to quarantine for a little while after you get where you're going. Mm-hmm. So if you have to have a, a two-week or 10-day or even seven-day quarantine – that's going to back things up even more. The latest teams can do mini cams by the rules, I think, is uh, end of June, June 27th or June mm-hmm. 25th, I think. No, so. 27th. 27th. Yep. I, I just don't I, – I think it's a little bit aggressive, and I, I think the first time we're going to see these guys is probably going to be training camp. I could be wrong, but it, it, it's sure. just my feeling. I for mean, it. nobody knows, but I think that everybody's trying to come up with some sort of a plan, but the league has issued the 15th and the 27th as proposals to yeah. – um, and I feel like right now – um, just like any NFL facility, not, not everybody's living in, you know, Wyoming. It's like <laughs> I, New Jersey. I mean, New York was first and the New Jersey typically in fashion, they, they come back and follow what, what New York did, but there's still that one state that's tough and that's California. And so they've been saying that the governor out there, Gavin Newsom, I guess is his name. Yeah, you got it right, Jeff. Congratulations. I feel like he's the guy that holds the cards in this thing. But I feel that there will be some pressure on him to do what New York and and New Jersey has done. And that's to say that you're allowed to do pro sports again, if that's the case. But then, if John, like you said, even if that happens, there's still so many boxes to check there for it to happen and i I also have heard by reading a lot of the articles and doing some research on this this morning is the fact that if this if it does happen um or excuse me if it doesn't happen by the 27th of june there's probably a good chance that that means a training camp possibly may be moved back because folks let's just let's just call a spade a spade the teams cannot get on the field by virtual learning the playbook there has to be some preparation on field and and you know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like you can't just do this. So, you know, you're going to have to have some time for football before the season starts. Of so there's a, this is a big mess. It's a big mess. Hey, look, but if, if they figure this out and you try to aim for, you know, end of July for all these teams, you can figure out a way to make it work. And, it, look, everything is going to be um, – have a – added layer of complications yeah. based on the, on the current thing. But I think the more time you take to figure it out, I think the better chance you have of, of making it work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I, I believe that, you know, and I think some players would probably disagree or and some would agree with me that I know that I could get ready as long as I'm doing what I got to do um, physically and strength-wise. Um, I could get ready to play an NFL game in two weeks. I could do it. So if this is the case, it gets pushed back, John, and training camps start the first, second week in August, and maybe the season is right around, you know, two weeks behind – behind that they could do it do you I think, think they could do it they have to play a one preseason game you would think so but you know what is and I and probably about three weeks ago I was thinking to myself the way that things were happening and they weren't happening as quickly as they are now and so my thought three weeks ago was that this that there wasn't going to be a, a preseason that it's going to be a push back but I'm I'm kind of thinking that there might be a couple games but you would like to listen there, there, ha- there comes a point where there's evaluations that go into this. It's, 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 it's very difficult. You got your 93 guys or whatever you're going to be able to bring this year. Uh, you got to evaluate. So you got to need some time. You're not evaluating on, you're not evaluating on Zoom. <laughs> you're not having guys yeah. jump over cinder blocks in their basement to see if he's got a good <laughs> vertical. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. You got to get on the field. Absolutely. All right, folks, we got a lot coming your way today. I got some Twitter questions. I got phone calls coming in. We'll play. Did you play with Jeff Fegels? I got four guys ready to go throw for that Jeff. On today. Okay. Oh, absolutely. We got to have fun with that. You're eight and six. You went three and one last week on the running backs. You did a good job. So we will hit that a little bit later on in the show. But we do have a caller on hold. Let's bring him on the air. Caller, you're on with Schmelk and Fegels. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Scott from New Mexico. Scott, hey, what's Scotty. on your mind, pal? A uh, couple of questions. I'll try to make it brief. Because of the, just, uh, the scenario you just presented, offensive lines take a little while to gel. And if I assume they're going to start Nate Solder at left tackle, but I assume they want to get Andrew Thomas uh, going. Because of the delays and everything that happens, do you think there's a possibility if Nate Solder, for example, doesn't work out, they would actually start a rookie 
and potentially they have an issue at center as well. Uh, do, what do you envision, in other words, for the offensive Wait, line so you think, based on the scenario? Do so you think maybe Solder wouldn't start at all, or would you move him to right tackle? Uh, well, say they do move him to right tackle, but he's not as good as he was when he was at left tackle. Uh, I'm trying to envision what the offensive line will look like with the delays, and because it takes a while for an offensive line to gel, what do you see uh, as a potentiality for that? Off- because the offensive line is the critical issue uh, to keep, uh, obviously, Daniel Jones well, protected. Yeah, Jeff, the way I look at it, I think the, this helps the veterans across the league, right? All these issues you're going to have. You know, Nate Solder's been around a long time. Um, him and Will Hernandez have played next to each other for two years on the left side. Right. To me, this gives the advantage to the veterans where they're, if I had to guess, I think Solder stays at the left side. I think Thomas will win the right tackle job. We'll have to beat Cam Fleming and Nick Gates out. And okay. then we'll see what happens at center, Jeff. What do you think? I, I agree with that, that 100%. I, listen, Thomas is playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's playing. Guy. He's playing. I don't care if he's going to play left or he's going to play right. He's going to play. He's going to be your opening day starter. I think, I think John hits the nail on the head. The better, the better offensive lines that have been together – I'm not saying that the Giants are the better offensive lines in the league, but they have been together. That's a good thing. Now at center, you still got you still got some guys that are going to be competing for that job. That are you know Spencer Pulley and Jalapio. They 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 have played with the guys that are there, so that's a good thing for that offensive line. But if you're going to start changing things around, I think the only big change you're going to see, uh, Scott, would probably be at the center position and that right tackle. And yeah, it would take a little bit of time, but they'll get through it. They'll get through okay. it. Uh, my last point uh, has to do with actually the Cowboys. Uh, I was I heard on uh, Dan Olasky was talking about uh, the situation with the quarterback, and I didn't realize this, but uh, Dak Prescott against playoff teams was one in six last year, uh, which tied him with uh, Jameis Winston and uh, Derek Carr for the worst in the league. What was he against know- playoff teams the year before? I'm sorry. What was he against playoff teams the year before? That I don't know. See, just remember the the one is the people realize this with Dallas. The reason Scott that their record plummeted the way it did is that two years ago they were something like eight and three in one score games, and last year they were like three and eight in one score game. So that's why their record really flipped. So I would be a little bit careful taking too much out of the overall record for Prescott last year. I was just wondering if it had, you know, because he's, if he plays under the franchise tag, it'll be, I, I assume, about $35 million. Yep, give or take. And uh, is this, would this be one of the hesitations of not signing a contract, you know, a long-term contract based on the record that happened last year? And that was, that was my question. I'll take it off here. I got it, guys. Scott. Thank, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the call. You know, I think the Prescott thing, Jeff, we don't want to get too far into the weeds here on, on another team, but mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. And basically, all the good information out there seems to be saying that ironically, the Cowboys and him aren't really that far apart on the money, but the Cowboys want him to sign a five-year deal, and Prescott just wants to sign a four-year deal. So he can hit the market again, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. after, after Pat Mahomes signs, and then his salary uh, can go up. Now, I think Prescott is you know, not a top-tier quarterback in the league. I think he's probably in that next group. You know what Correct. I mean? I think he's he's a, in that group that everybody thought Eli was. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's very, yeah, correct. And I think, you know, they'll figure it out. And I, the one thing that's interesting to me, Jeff, and you're, you're very good with this with the cap because of what you did with the Players Association, you know, with the money that's probably going to be lost this year mm-hmm. due to the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Just to, Let's just assume there's going to be no fans in the stands. We don't mm-hmm. know that. They're going to try to do fans. But just for a second, yeah. for this scenario, let's assume that there's no fans. You're going to lose a lot of revenue. It's just lots. lots. So that means in some way, shape, or form, the salary cap's going to go down next year. Yep. Not up. Yep. And the franchise tag is calculated by a percentage of the total cap. Correct. So Prescott is doing his calculations. You know, oh, if I play in the tag three straight years, that's great. The cap always goes up. I'm going to, just like Kirk Cousins, right? He kept making Mm -hmm. more and more money. It's going to work out. But if this pandemic brings the cap down, that could change his calculation here by wanting to play on the tag for consecutive years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because the number yeah. is going to be lower. So maybe it'll be more advantageous for him to sign a longer-term deal. I just think it's an interesting little you know, it's, wrench in the gears. And they're, th- this is the conversation that they're having. <laughs> this is totally – and the revenue is going to be down. I mean, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade here. It's going to be down. Um, 
And the Cowboys are one of the teams, along with the Giants, I would say, um, who would be another team in that category that are going to they're going to lose some money um, if this happens. Everyone will. Everyone's yeah, going to lose money. Yeah, but I mean, money. there's the Cowboys are gonna, you know they're a team that they're they're a revenue generating machine. <laughs> yes, um, that's correct. And so I, I feel like if you're if you're Dak and you're sitting there looking, okay, well I'll, I'll make my. You're, we're talking guaranteed money here for the the tag. Yep. So. I'm looking at. I'm just throwing this number. Out. These are just for just for argument's sake. I'm th- I'm 35 million this year. I could go down to 28 million next year. Still a lot of damn money, right? But if the if the Cowboys are going to give me X up front and a five year deal, I may just take it. Yeah, because apparently the rumor was the Cowboys were offering about 34, 35 a year, right? And I guess Dak's calculation. But how much was, guaranteed is you know? I think it was again. This is just a report that was out. There was something like. Like a five-year, $170 million contract, something, 175. So it was like 35-year with like 100-plus guaranteed, something like that. What was Cousins' guaranteed money? Cousins was three years, 90-something, right? Yeah, yeah. It was was totally guaranteed. That's right. So I think Prescott, in his head, was doing the calculation. Well, if I'm getting 34 on the tag this year, right? Next year, again, this is before the pandemic, the cap's going to go up again. So I'll probably make 38 or 39 the next year. And then if they do the third cap, third tag on me, that's like 40-something. Yeah. So why would I agree to 35 per year? Or if I just play in the cap, I'm going to make more than that. Yeah. But now, maybe he's not. So well, that's he's also, why it's you, interesting. You brought up the point of Mahomes. Mahomes going to hit 40 a year. Oh, dude, he might hit 45 a year. He might hit <laughs> you 50 know? So a year. I, I mean, and, and, I, and it's funny because every year, you know, somebody sets the bar higher. And, and the guys that, that – uh, benefit from that are the guys behind one year from when that bar was set, right? Because next year you're going to be able to go up even higher. And so, I mean, so if you're Prescott, yeah, you wouldn't accept the $35 million. That's probably why you're sitting there going, yeah. no, I'm not going to do it. It's so. interesting, but now with the cap going down, it's it's it's, it's a whole different situation. And you got to believe it's gonna. So yeah, enough talking about Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> for God's well, it, it was more talking I about it was, more, it was more talking about the financials that I thought were interesting. <laughs> All right, let's go to our next caller. Call you're on the air with Jeff and Schmelk. How are you? I am great. This is Charlie from Portland. Uh, Charlie from Charlie. Portland. <laughs> you have to call every show. He's got the automatic dialer. He's got, he's got nothing else to do. That's his board stiff. That's the problem. He bought the dialer on eBay. You know, I know how much work that thing was. <laughs> I just want to bring some sunshine into your life. Oh, you definitely do. And Charlie, real no. quickly, I just want you to know something. Um, I, I don't check my Twitter very often as far as oh, that's people. Oh, all right. And so I know you DM me all the time. I guess that's what it's called. I, and I apologize for not getting back to you. I just don't see them. So, and John that's can just right. test to this. He really can. I'm yeah. not lying to you. No, he doesn't. So, yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I don't take offense. I, Charlie I, you know, texted I... me the other day, am I playing some golf? <laughs> I... <laughs> well, you are bored, Charlie. By the way, Charlie, one other thing. You'll laugh. Yeah, but I said you. Well, go ahead. So I, I brought up your whole um, allergy idea with the honey yeah, yeah. to oh, my yeah. wife. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I've been trying to convince you to do that for, like, a year. I go, really? You did? See? It shows how much I'm paying attention. <laughs> but <laughs> So she, she is researching farmer's markets where I can find some locally uh, local bee honey yeah, so I could try that. That's good. But luckily, the allergies are passed now. I'm, I've, I'm not taking the meds anymore. The blooming good. is concluded, I think, so I'm good. Good. Do you get it in the so. fall, though? Do you get the, I don't. all that stuff? I don't go? get it in the fall, just the spring. Yeah, see, I'm I'm the opposite. I do I get it in the fall. I don't get it in the spring. Anyway, Charlie, what, what do you want to say about football? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just got to ask. This is just an aside. I asked you a question, uh, Jeff. Do you do you ever use a one iron? Oh, when you go years and years and years ago. But you know, they always yeah. said the only person that can hit a one iron is God. That's the thing. They're, they're really well, hard to hit. Me, Dude, three irons, three irons are hard enough. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I used to use a one iron all the time. And the yeah. reason I used it, because I couldn't hit the wood worth the crap. I'd always yeah. slice them. But the one iron, I could hit it and it would go straight. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd hit a couple hundred yards, maybe a little more. But now, Without boring everybody on this show about golf. But I mean, back <laughs> I in the day, when I was at, in Arizona, where I played one of these desert courses. And, John, if you don't know what these look like, they're, 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 you tee off, they're... And there's like 150 yards of desert, and then there's grass. <laughs> so you've got to hit, you've got to hit over the desert and into the grass, and you got to hit something straight. So that one iron, like you said, Charlie, worked. Right. And so yeah. I took a little distance off of it, but at least accuracy over distance. It reminds me, Jeff, of what Tiger used to do on those Lynx courses for the British Open. Oh, just right. Yeah. He used to just hit that three iron. Of course, he would hit it like 280 yards it, it's or something a ridiculous like that. It's a stinger. Yep. 
<laughs> as Charlie would hey, say. Hey, hey, Jeff, maybe you and I should do that celebrity uh, golf thing. Oh, yeah, that would be great for about 30 seconds. Everybody now, would turn it off. Now, here's my question. In, in that situation, which, which one to use the celebrity? Yeah, well, definitely Charlie. Absolutely. <laughs> At least to this show. <laughs> Go, Charlie, what's your football point? Let's get to it. Let's, let's get my to football it. point is, hey, uh, you were saying that there's, there's that date of June 27th. Well, they can always change that just because of the pandemic and what's been going on. They don't have to keep that, right? Well, that, that would have to be agreed to between the players and owners because yeah. that was collectively bargained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could change it. They could say, hey, let's do this, do that. Uh, I, I think, you know, we might, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I don't want to be pessimistic, <laughs> but I just, you know, if one person gets this thing, it's going to shut the, everything down. No, but Charlie, it won't. Know? It won't. That's the thing. With all the testing they're going to have, it's not, yeah. and only playing one game a week, it won't have right. to shut everything down. That's the thing. Now, you might you might have to cancel a game here or there. You might have to do that if it, if you get like a, a a flood of positives on one team. One week you might have to cancel a game, but there's no reason why if one team has a rash of infections and they haven't been around anyone else for a span of six or seven days that you'd have to shut down the league. You wouldn't have to do that. And the other thing is, you know, worrying about airplanes and that. All they have to do is rent, get their own airplanes, pick everybody up. And bring them to the facility, and well, that way they don't have to get on planes with other people and do all that. Stuff. Well, these guys sound like these guys are all in one place, dude. What are you going to send a hundred right. planes around the country? <laughs> well, you send three or four. Yeah, How about do it the old way? Get in your car and drive here. Yeah, you could drive yeah, too. That, That's there, true. There you go. That's the other thing too. The one so thing anyway, that. The one thing that worries me about all this is that, like, and, and John, you brought up a good point there. It might have to be a game that gets canceled, but I got to talk about positions. What, what are the, the what position has the least amount of players at it? It's the quarterback position. Yeah. Could you imagine if in that quarterback room, all of a sudden, all three of your quarterbacks go down with this stuff? Well, Jeff, I wonder what if what if they make a rule here where you're allowed to keep a, like maybe they'll add just for yeah, this year on the practice squad something, where right? you can have a couple extra quarterbacks or something like that. Heck, the Giants already they have like seven quarterbacks on the roster right now. <laughs> they're fine. Maybe I they're know, thinking exactly. way ahead of the curve <laughs> here. They might be. Hey, I heard some good things about the uh, rookie quarterback from uh, was oh. it North Arizona or Kukis? whatever Cookus? Yeah, yeah Cookus. You know, he sounds. I mean, the guy. Had like a bunch of you know thirty touchdowns and only like eight interceptions every year. He was, you know, that ratio was incredible. So I'm I'm I've got a feeling this guy's gonna uh, might work out really well. There's so, no room uh, for him, Charlie. There's no room. Of course there is. No way. Maybe no way. Well, Mr. Fumbles, Fumbles, there'll uh, be plenty of room. Right. For See, him. Charlie, always in, now, always now in the, the call with a you know that derogatory Mr. Fumble, Mr. Sickness, Mr. Illness. You love that, he, don't you? You know, me? he actually had a fun, good call, and then he had to just add the nonsense at the end, <laughs> and then I had to hang up on him. Sorry. Uh, All right, Charlie. Good stuff. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Twitter here for a second. <laughs> I got two computers in front of me. I forgot which one I actually have the Twitter questions. Go up to the on. left. Is it? I am, I am going to the left right now. Nope, it's on the one on the right. Ah, <laughs> sure goes to show you what kind of day I'm going to have with. Did you play with Jeff Fiegel? Yeah, oh boy. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm streaming on one computer. I'm doing calls on another. It's it, it's <laughs> it's a mess. Anyway, so all right, I got some questions up here on my likes. Here we go. Uh, this from Benjamin Lloyd. Jeff, question for us: Why is everyone saying Matt Parrot is raw and needs time to develop? Didn't you start four? 40-plus games at tackle in college? Are we basing this raw comment on level of competition or something else? And I thought that was a good question out of Benjamin because, yeah, he did start a bunch of games there. Um, But if you look at him on tape, Jeff, I think there are two things I look at. The competition is one. You know, I looked at his schedule last year. I think the best team they played was Navy. And they're not exactly throwing out a bunch of, you know, top edge rushers on, on that team. And at least that's from their conference. And then you take a look at just the way he's built, he's a guy that needs to add NFL strength. And I think that's where I look at the raw stuff. And when you're playing against lower competition, there are some technique things. Yeah. When you're that big and that athletic, you can get away with that you can't get away with at the NFL level. So it's that. And I think it's getting that NFL body, NFL strength are the two things that he's going to have to develop in the NFL. And if anything, it's not a knock on him. No, okay? not at all. It is, it is what it is with him. I think, it's, if anything, it's, it's an advantage because he's, they understand that he has such a tremendous upside. That's why they drafted him where he did get drafted. So it's a good thing. But, again, he's not in the SEC. He's not in the ACC playing that, that type of competition. And there's just some things that – 
Um, teams understand, like the Giants, that when he comes to camp and he gets here and things are normal, he's going to get great coaching. And they probably have figured this guy, by talking to his coaches, that um, he may be cerebral and the fact that he could probably learn quicker than you think and then possibly maybe be in the lineup this year or next year, and we'll see. Yeah, and that's, remember, that's folks, my thinking. There was a reason he was available at the end of the third round. If he mm -hmm. was a guy that was ready to step in and, and play right away, he would have been gone in the first round with Andrew that's right. Thomas and those and that's guys. Why they, and that's why they, they, tag, they tagged him as a mm. developmental player. Right. Um, which I wish they would use a different word for that, but it, it sums it up. You know, I just don't like the I don't like the word, but it, it's 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 true. Yeah, Joe Judge uh, termed him a developing player, so a maybe we should go player. developing. Okay. We'll go with that. Okay. All right, this one from Victor Ilonardo at Jasper's 1988. Must have went to Manhattan um, with the Giants drafting three offensive linemen: Lemieux, Pert, and of course Thomas. Excuse me. Having a free agent offensive lineman in Murphy out of Rhode Island. How many offensive linemen do you think the Giants will carry this year? It will be a squeeze to get the ball on the 53, especially since two may not be ready to contribute. Well, this is when the rule comes in, Jeff, mm -hmm. with that expanded practice squad and being able to elevate the extra offensive linemen on game day. So that is going to be a way for them to probably store some of these guys and protect yep. them a little bit when you haven't in years past with the old rules. My guess... On the high side, well, let's let me just tell you this. You, obviously, Captain Obvious, you got five. Okay, you're gonna have to have. You can have three now on game day, right? All right. You well, to, well, let's think about it. All right, let, that's let, eight. Let's assume the starting five with Thomas at right tackle, and let's say Spencer Pulley at center. Okay, sure. Let's just assume, and then the three guys from last year: Zeitler, Hernandez, Solder. That's your five, right? Mm -hmm. You know Parrott's on the team, right? That's mm -hmm. six. You know Lemieux's on the team, right? Mm -hmm. That's seven. Mm -hmm. The question is, and you're pretty sure Cam Fleming's on the team, right? Oh, 100%. To be your swing guy. Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine he's not going to be. So that's eight. I can't imagine they're going to let Nick Gates go as a guy that can play, you know, three different positions in theory you, and be an all-purpose backup. And you, let's just stop. you would not think, but remember... How things are when people are not their players, right? I mean, so just take that with a grain of salt. You never know. I mean, Nick Gates would be a guy to me that at the end of the at the end of the cuts, we're scratching our head because they cut him. That would be like, oh my God, really? What happened? But I, I don't think it's going to happen, John. But you never can say no. Perfect. Yeah. So I think you're looking at a minimum. So that's nine. You're looking at nine at minimum, and maybe you'll get a tenth guy in there too. I. I so what I was going to go with, I was going to go with ten. I was going to go with 10 and possibly keeping another two for that practice squad maneuvering concept that you can go through yeah. um, if there's injuries. So maybe maybe there's 12 that make it through the active roster um, and even on – and it may not be the guys that are on the – because you know how that, that practice squad roster developed. There's guys that come from all over the place. So, But I think there will probably be 11, maybe 12 offensive linemen that they keep around. Yep. Okay, by the way, we do have – Open line, 973-667-1960, 973-667-1960. Get in. We'll try to squeeze in some more calls before we go. we got about 12 minutes to go. I do have another Twitter question. We'll play Did You Play With Jeff Eagles as well. Uh, this one comes in from Cody. Uh, hey, John, hope all is well and everyone's safe and healthy. Just curious, all biases aside, and my guess is that he has a bet with one of his friends on this, Jeff. So we're going <laughs> to settle a bet here. All bias aside, he said. Okay. Who do you think has been the more successful historic franchise, the Giants or the Cowboys, and why? Now, this, well, is, this is interesting because yeah, is. the mean, Giants have more titles if you include pre-Super Bowl years, right? Sure. But if you only look at Super Bowls, and the Cowboys obviously have been around for five, few, right? And they've been around for fewer seasons, too. So they have, you know, less of a chance to do it. They were, you know, one of the expansion teams in the middle of the century. Um, they have fewer championships with fewer years. They have more Super Bowls. I mean, I hate to make these differentiations. I think both franchises have been very successful. They're both great league franchises. Um, I don't even know where to look to this. I think it's such a vague question. I think in terms it's pretty of simple. What do you consider? Go ahead. What do you got? I, what I look at iconic. I look at the word. I look at the team as one of the original teams of this whole league. Remember, he asked a more successful historic franchise. That was the term he used. I, I, I believe it's the Giants. And I think since they go back to 1925, I think you're right. Historic. It, it, I mean, 
the historic. You're talking about one of the historical franchises of all time. Um, so that's just my, you know, again, that he, I like how he, <laughs> he prephrased the thing. I mean, biased, right? I mean, but unfortunately, you know, listen, I, I think it's the truth. I think the Giants, and, and certainly the Cowboys wouldn't be far behind there in terms of what you said, John, is, you know, world titles in the current Super Bowl era. So I'm curious. I'm looking here. Um, they have overall record. Ooh. The Giants are 696, 608, and 33. Okay? So they're about 88 games over 500. The Cowboys, on the other hand, are 520, 388, and 6. So they're about 130 games over with a lot fewer games played. 166 games fewer played. Yeah, the Cowboys 35 and 28 in the playoffs. The Giants in the playoffs 24 and 25. Giants with eight championships, four Super Bowls, five appearances. The Cowboys eight Super Bowl appearances, five Super Bowls, and obviously that was that were all their championships. So, look, good both, question. I, I think it's a good question. I think both teams have have a good argument for it. But if you want to look at longevity, total wins, and just kind of the historic mm-hmm. nature of the teams, I think. I'm with you, Jeff. I think you got to go with the Giants. Real quick, what other team would you put in that category if you wanted to compete with those other two teams? Would it be the Packers? The Steelers, right? Steelers. Packers. Bears. Yeah, Chicago. I mean, the Bears don't have as many. How many championships do the Bears have? Well, I, know I know they don't They don't have many You know, post-Super Bowl, but going back to 1922, they have nine championships and one Super Bowl. Yeah, the 84 Bears. Yeah. 80, yeah, 86. 86. <laughs> Same. Yeah, same I time. mean, do you have to start considering the Patriots in that conversation now? Based on the 100%. last 20 years? I think you I have mean, to, right? You do. Which is amazing, but you do. just forgot about them, right? No, I, I didn't forget about them. But, you know, they just didn't do much before that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they certainly didn't do anything when I was there. <laughs> well, that's because you were there. That's because I was there. Yes. It was just two years removed from the Super Bowl, by the way. It was your poor punting that led to their downfall. Well, the second year it was. That's why they cut me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's squeeze in one more call or call. You're on the air with John and Jeff. What's up? Hey, it's Mike from Brooklyn. Mike, hey, what's Mike. up, pal? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, doing? John? Huh? Good. What's going John? on? Hey, John. How you doing? I'm great. Hey, listen, Jeff. I was watching repeats of... Well, it's all we got is repeats of old games. So I was wondering, you know, they used to have, when the punters kicked the ball, they used to have that hang time clock on the top of the screen. Yeah, I think Fox used to do that. I loved it. Yeah, they, they, I, I, and it's disappeared. And I'm wondering if that's more because of directional kicking. Um, do you have any ideas on that? I, I feel like it's just one of those things whoever worked whoever worked in the building <laughs> wanted it and then it just went away. Seriously, uh-huh. nobody cares about it other than you and me probably. Well, I think it's probably because it's not a stat that's tracked, right? Like you don't normally see like league yeah. leaders in hang time, you know what yeah. I mean? But it now is, they should, but they don't. But I do I do like I like it up there obvious for obviously reasons, but I think some people actually do too. So I mean it's I think they should put it back up. I mean, why not? Why I mean, not? Listen, anything over four, five, four, six is a good kick. Anything in over four, nine, and five seconds is outstanding. So that there's your barometer. That's probably what got Ray Guy in the Hall of Fame. Well, he had amazing, amazing accuracy and amazing hang time. He sure did, and uh, he was one of the great ones. That's for sure. Yeah, and so are you. Um, Thank you. Listen, uh, one other thing. Um, I was. Oh, now, now I can't forget it. Now I can't remember what I was going to talk about. This is great. All right, okay, well, I, I, that I, I was feel it. Your, I um, feel your, your sickness. <laughs> what's that? Yeah, I, 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 I feel for I, you. <laughs> I might be getting it. I, who knows? God, God forbid. But anyhow, it's just nice talking to you guys, and I appreciate the hour a day that you give us some sanity. Our pleasure. Thank you, yeah. man. We appreciate that. Yeah, we do. Hey, you guys. Take care. Be safe, all right? You too, Mike. Thank, Thank you, Mike. you very much. Thank you. you keep Brooklyn safe over there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> keep it on the old neighborhood for me, That's buddy. That's right. John loves that Brooklyn neighborhood. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in Brooklyn, man. I, I mean, know. I've been seeing those those uh, tweets that you've been putting out. My goodness. Dude, I have so many more. How many years? 
Uh, well, my dad lived there 40 years. 40 years. He moved years. there in like 1970. Yeah, that's amazing. And at that point, the house, literally, Jeff, it cost less than $100,000 when they bought it. <laughs> I believe you, I know. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. it, really, it really is yeah. crazy. It's, and, and, and what's funny, being in the business, you know, there are people that, that not very many, that live in the house for 40 years. And, and fortunately, uh, some of them pass away and some of them don't. But when they, when they go to sell their home, because of you know either a, a death or even they just get they're going to go into retirement home, you look back and they, you see what these people paid for their homes back in the day. You know fifty two thousand dollars and it's worth six hundred and fifty grand. You're like what? <laughs> you know, hey, you never can get hurt buying dirt. That's what I always say. So. <laughs> Real estate <laughs> prices yep. never go down, Jeff. Right. Prices never, never go down. Go down. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the salary cap. <laughs> well, who knows? Things change Next fast year. in this world. You yeah. know how that goes, man. All right, I got another uh, question. This one came in to Giants.com slash podcast slash BBK questions. There was one specific to you, and I thought it was interesting. Where is it here? Uh, this one comes in from, and it was specific to you. Why can't I find it now? Shoot. I'll find it here. The I, I want to get the name in there. I'll find the name. The question was Jeff. Aside from Banks and any of the former athletes you play, you you would do broadcast with. Mm-hmm. If you were to pick one member of our broadcast team to protect you on punt team, who would it be? <laughs> oh wow! Oh, there That's it is. A- I, fa- I found it. That came from uh, Andrew from Edinburgh in Scotland. So anybody on our broadcast team, um, uh, that's easy, uh, uh, easy, absolutely easy. I would take, I would take Carl any day. No, no, you can't take former players. Oh, only non-former oh, players. No. Oh, now it's much more difficult. Yes, now it is much more difficult. That is correct. <laughs> oh my God! Oh wow! Well, first of all, if I name somebody, they're not. I mean, I don't know. In our broadcast group. Wow. He honestly has just the show, so I think he wants to choose between me, you, me, Lance, and Datino. Oh, just you guys. That wow. seems to be well, what he's certainly indicated. Okay, I, this is going to offend a lot of people. I mean, I can't go with Lance. He's too small. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the athleticism between you and Dettino. Now, I do know that you play basketball. Um, you played it for a long time. I don't know how athletic Dettino is other than walking 53 miles a day. Um, so I don't, I think, I mean, from that, that conversation, it'd probably be you, John, I guess. Yeah, but here, here's the thing about the Tino though. He's crazy. So, you know, if I have this like 300 pound guy I gotta go coming with at me, you know, but if I have this 300 pound guy coming at me, Jeff, and I'm in punt block, I might just be like, nah, this isn't worth it. I'm getting out of the way because I'm smart. <laughs> well, I need, I, I, you know, to go back to the question, I need to do my due diligence and have like combine. I need my interviews. <laughs> So I'm going to have to set up questions for each one of you to re- react to it, and then I can make my decision. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I need, I need oh, a broadcast Big Blue Kickoff Live personnel combine is what I need to oh, answer that question. God. Dude, you're too funny. All right, are you ready to play? Did you play with Jeff Eagles? Of course I am. I'm always up for this stupid game. It's it's not. First of all, it's not stupid. I know it's not stupid. It just drives me crazy. I know, but you're, you've been actually pretty good at it, man. I'm doing, not doing bad. All right, all right, you ready to go? Yep. All right, here we go. <laughs> Did you play with Jeff Eagles? A million players. He remembers nobody. Let's find out what Jeff remembers, and hopefully Schmuck can laugh at him. Here we go. All right, player number one, Jeff. Did you play with? Mickey Schuler. Mickey Schuler. Did you play yes. with Mickey Schuler? I did play with Mickey Schuler. Where did you play with Mickey Schuler? I believe it was in Philly. What position and did he play, Jeff? He was a tight end. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. Three for three. Whoa. He was at the tail end of his career at yes, that point. Yes, he was. And yep, I'm, I'm from surprised. Uh, University of Tennessee. Yeah, I he believe. was only there with one year with you. That's why I didn't think you would remember. Very I remember well the done. name. All right. So you, How many good. Mickeys are you going to call out if I've ever played with? Uh, did you play with Rod Harris? Did you play with Rod Harris? Yes. I did play with Rod Harris. Um, and I played with, uh, Rod Harris in, uh, was it Philly? What well, might've been Philly right receiver. I'm, I'm, bo- I'm botching this one up big time. 
Ding, ding, ding. You got both right. No way. Wide Was receiver it really? in Philadelphia. That's right. I'm just picturing his jersey, wow. honestly. Yeah. Good job, Jeff. Holy smokes. Very good job. All right. Number three. Did you play with Kenny Wooten? Did you play with Kenny Oh, my Kenny God. John, this Wooten. is a this, – okay, we could just sign off now. Ken Wooten, yes, I did. New England Patriots offensive lineman. Boom. You know, Jeff, Jeff you want to laugh? <laughs> do, you want, do you want to laugh? No. Hold on. Ken Wooten. Let me look. I'm looking up Ken Wooten. How do you spell Wooten's last name? W-H-O-O-T-E-N. Wooten. I, well, the Kenny Wooten I was asking you about is on the Knicks G League team. <laughs> oh. oh, well, then I didn't play with him. But no, hold on. Let me, I'm going to look up Wooten here. Wooten, but you know what? His first name may not be Ken. No, I don't think it's it was. No, was it, oh. was it Ron Wooten? Ron Wooten. Oh, damn it. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> you did not, All right. okay, you did not play. Yes, so you, I did you, not play with him, but I was close. You played with, you played with Ron Wooten in New England, and he was a right guard. You're right. right. So you had so, the last name right, but just not the first name. That's right. right. Sorry. I, I, when I when I got excited when I heard Wooten, I'm like, really? You're not going to get me today, John? Wow, that's amazing. All right. Wrong first. Oh, maybe, oh, maybe that's a trick now. I got to <laughs> find guys with the right last name and then change their first name and that's see right. if I can get me with that. that that's <laughs> a little don't. unfair, though. No, it's a little unfair. <laughs> Finally, uh, did you play with? Where's the last guy here? Hold on, let me see. I had him up, and then I searched for Wooten, and I lost him. Did you play with? Michael Sinclair. Did you play with Michael Sinclair? I did. He was a defensive lineman with Seattle. Why? You got it again, Jeff. Someone took their pills this morning. Good job. <laughs> Must have been all the water I drank last night. Yeah, I'm really my impressed. Brain is clear I, I, today. I figured you would have done some like drinking over the weekend on Memorial Day. You'd be a little rusty. <laughs> well, it is, it is Wednesday. It gave me a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It did. All right, Jeff. Good times, my friend. Fun show. Thank you, John. Thanks to all the callers. We appreciate it. All right. And Jeff, you're on tomorrow? Yes, I'll be on tomorrow with Paul. All right, so check out Lance, uh, Paul, Lance, Paul and Jeff tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And also, by the way, I want to remind folks, uh, Dan Orlovsky, we did a Giants Huddle podcast with him breaking down Daniel Jones about a half an hour. It's really good content. You guys should go check it out on the Giants Huddle podcast. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. The archive will be up later on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a great day.